Radical Radio Collective. Good afternoon, listeners. You're listening to Eco Radio, the radio of the future. On the Zeds. Uh, 102.1 FM, uh, taking over your middle of the day, middle of the week airwaves. Uh, I'm Dave. My preferred pronouns are he, him. I'm Jeff. I'm also he, him. Um, uh, but more important than all that, uh, we have a very special guest uh, in the studio with us today who would like to remain anonymous, uh, but uh, is here to talk about Iran, uh, the authoritarian regime, um, and the continuing protests of, uh past 100 days now. Um, thank welcome, you very much nice for joining us. Banuk Belush. Yeah, Banuk Belush. Yeah, thank you for having me today here, and uh, good afternoon to all the listeners. Um, first off, I don't think uh, what's happening is um, widely reported, um, not here anyways. Uh, can you uh, uh, give us some background, give our listeners some background um, about uh, why these uh, protests are ongoing? Well, this protest already began on, I think, since the death of the young woman called Mahsa Amini mm-hmm. in the custody of the regime. She was 22 years old in the city of Tehran, and it happened on Friday, 16th of September. Three days before of her death, she, she has been caught by the um, Iranian regime through of the police and it's called morale police that usually you will see around of the cities that they try to guide you around of your hijab and they're gonna order you how to wear dress and dress up and come to the street. Well, for the last 10, 15 years, uh, this been going on and particularly with the death of the Masamini, it's become, um, the head that was so tragic because she's been beaten in the street then being carried to the custody and then from there being transferred to the hospital and after three days in coma she passed away and that was the point that the woman life freedom movement started and then all the women came to street to protest against of Masa Amini's death and then at the same time they start to um, take out their hijab and chanting and burning their hijabs in the street and some of the other women took the other actions like cutting their hairs or shaving their head and then uh, chanting the same thing, woman life freedom. And at the same time, they also wanted the death of the dictatorship in Iran. So all this happened since of the death of Masa Amini. And so has the, um, it mainly been women protesting? Lots of other people have joined in or... Well, it started with Mahsa Amini's deaths because um, and mainly started from Kurdistan of Iran and it started as Janjian Azadi, which is in Kurdish and it stands for Woman Life Freedom. And then in that time, uh, you know how the women in Kurdistan has more rights than then they have their own voice. So all the men stands besides of them. And it started this movement exactly from Kurdistan of Iran. Hmm. And um, recently, a lot of students have been involved too. So it's spread quite well, widely. Well, it is for a current or young generation in Iran. And they, everyone is sick of these police, morality police. And then because you've been ordered every day, you don't have rights. 
like this is a, one of the basic human rights that you can wear whatever you like and there is um, that to be socially within the community appropriate but Iranian or Islamic regime went beyond of it. They put or allocate these moral police in the streets and they just stop you and then take you to the custody or they arrest you or then they charge you with either number of, I think, 80 to 100 slaves. Yeah, all right, slaves. And then or either you have to pay for that. And even within your car, if your scarf falling off, then they're going to send you... Uh, like a refringement and you need to go and attend to the um, particular police station and then sign a paper and then say, oh no, I will not do that or you're going to face some charges. It depends really where it's going to happen. And recently it's been, been very bad. That's why everyone said enough is enough. Because if you compare the current situation with during the... Um, like the King Reza's time, the previous the previous revolution, a woman has the rights to wear hijab or not, and they, they have all the rights. So that was the point that they would say, enough is enough. We didn't did the revolution to face something, such humiliation every day in the street. So at one of the um, protests here in Iran, a lot of people were talking about this being a new uh, revolution. Do you think that it's likely that the regime will get overthrown or do you think they're just going to clamp down very hard on the people? Has well, it's not only one factor about the hijab. There are a number of other factors that have been um, making people upset and disappointed and angry with this regime. It can be, one of them can be the financial uh, situation because they're bad management within the country. So people are suffering as a consequence of the greedy government wants to have the nuclear weapon, although they claim that it's not the nuclear weapon, but who we are living within the country, they know they are developing the nuclear weapon. And then as a, then we have number of our various a number of the internationally sanctions, which is not impacting particularly the regime. Um, me as a person, I believe is impacting highly the people who live or the citizens of the country. Why? Because they put the sanction on a particular person, but that person doesn't travel around of the world. That person staying within the Iran. So there is no point that you just come and do the sanction against of a particular person. But the, for for citizens who are gonna travel around of the world or do the trading, it's impacting them directly. So then there is no money within the country to say in the secure in the circulation with the other countries or do the tradings or do anything within the itself even because the inflation rate is high, the unemployment is high, the people are um, economical situation dropping beyond of the poverty line. So they start to, it's not only because of hijab, there is number of number of other factors that are impacting their daily life. So they are tired, they are really sick of this situation and they are going and saying, okay, we don't have any farther to lose. And particularly the new generation, why? Uh, the younger generation put it in this way why involve more because they don't see hopes and future for themselves mm. and they say either we're gonna go and um die for the freedom or either um just um find the way to do the revolution and make it happen and change the regime 
Yeah, I um, I suppose going back to the uh, sanction uh, point, uh, uh, I have heard uh, people say, oh, why don't we uh, do what we did to Russia um, with uh, sanctioning uh, their oligarchs? Um, but that's not uh, possible, um, as you're saying, the uh, Iranian uh, regime, they don't move around uh, as as uh, as an international. Um, yeah, they don't move around for the international uh, travel or conference. Let's say there was a conference in USA and easily USA granted all of them visa, which could easily ban them, not let them to come to the conference, even yep. if it's an international or UN conference still. And then I'm so happy that recently even the Iran being removed from the women's um I think there is a particular affiliation for the um, that is going on around of the women rights within the UN. Um, uh, so the UN Charter of Human yeah. Rights or yeah, women. Then they 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 mm. remove the Iran, and so and I'm happy for that because all of these last hundred days of protest inside and outside of Iran, finally we got somewhere that they recognize that Iran um, or these, let's put it, not Iran really, Islamic regime um, doesn't follow any rights within the women's rights. So, and they've been thrown out and it's really very important for us as women to have that because when you go to such a um, committee board or uh, then that's going to help you that to find your voice but these people are not there to um be your voice they just um being in the other side and then they claiming that oh no this is not right this is islamic regulation but even with islamic let's go to islamic regulation and those who are very knows very well quran um, line by line within that event it's not um mentioning or com like n doesn't mention it directly that really you have to wear hijab no it's saying you need to have a proper coverage of hijab and then they're taking the advantage of that and then uh putting or, or pushing the women's aside to wear hijab according to their regulation yeah and this is a similar to what taliban doing but a little bit modernized in islamic regime yeah um and uh speaking of uh voice uh, you yeah. brought us a song. Yeah. And this song is from um, Sherwin Hajipur. It's become very popular during particular this um, revolution time. So it's called Baraya and we're going to play it here. برای توی کوچه رخصیدن برای ترسیدن به وقت بوسیدن برای خواهرم خواهرت خواهرامون برای تغییر مغزها که پوسیدن برای شرمندگی برای بیپولی برای حسرت یک زندگی معمولی برای کودک زبالگرد و آرزوهاش برای این اقتصاد دستوری برای این هوای آلوده برای ولی اصر و درختای فرسوده برای پیروز و اعتمال انقرازش برای سگهای بیگناه ممنوعه برای 
گریه های بیوقفه برای تصویر تکرار این لحظه برای چهره ای که میخنده برای دانش آموزا برای هاینده برای این بهشت اجباری برای نخبه های زندانی برای کودکان افغانی برای این همه برای غیر تکراری برای این همه شعارهای تو خالی برای آوار خونه های پوشالی پس از شبای طولانی برای غرصای حساب و بیخوابی برای مرد میهن آبادی برای دختری که آرزو داشت پسر بود برای زن زندگی آزادی Looking for an easy way to reduce your plastic waste? Get your home and body products refilled at Vessel Nanda. In store or delivered. Check out the huge range online from dishwashing liquid to shampoo. It's locally made, people, animal and planet friendly. Flash your Z card for 10% off all in-store purchases. Vessel Nanda, a proud 4ZZZ subscriber discount outlet. You are listening to Fortable Z, and uh, we are back here on Eco Radio talking uh, with Banuk Balush and uh, me, Dave. Uh, and me, Jeff. And him, Jeff. Um, and uh, we just heard the song... Baraya, from, um, from a singer who'd been in custody of the government, and this guy's uh, Sherwin Hajipur played these songs with inside of his room. And then he went under the arrestment after that. But now he is free for the moment. And um, I mean, people were singing it very passionately at the protest I went to. It's clearly become an anthem for yeah, these protests. Yeah, it is an anthem. Mm. Because it's um, within this song is um, somehow indicating the mass of the issues and challenges that the Iranian citizens at the moment facing inside of the country. Yeah, um, which... Uh, really extreme um so the death toll from the iranian government uh is estimated to be at 574 people now yep um however hadi gami uh the executive director of the center for human rights in iran said uh in an interview that he believes the real number is uh, double that it is because some so many of the people that has been arrested still we don't know about their identity as the family members hasn't they didn't have that courage to come and report it in the public and most of these our family members been threatened as well if you report it it's going to happen to you or your other sons or either the daughter or some of these people somehow uh, related to the government people like the child went out or the girls or the sons went out and been arrested or killed or sh- shot so that's the reason they have a lot of fear to come out and still to talk about it but still even though like tens of thousands of people have been arrested still people are going out to protest yeah um 
I, I, I find it hard to uh, grapple with how strong they've been against such a brutal regime. Um, could you uh, sort of uh, try to help me understand? Well, uh, the first thing, as I said earlier, um, the new generation, mainly they are going to street and protest because they don't see the hope for the future. Let's um, put myself as a person, I'm 18, 19 years old, let's say, okay, I've, I've been educated in university and then so what? What's going to happen next? Uh, even with education, rarely I can get a job. Rarely I can have a lifestyle that I wanted. As a woman, I don't. if I want to go to the gym, for example, that's a very simple example, I have to go within the gyms that even with 24-7 hours access, still after a certain amount of the hours of the day, I can't go because my family doesn't let me know, doesn't let me go because they are afraid and fear of my safety inside of the street. And let's say if I go within like in midnight, what's going to happen to me as a woman? But if let's put it in the... The, within the community and the society, okay, if I want to work, do I have the rights? Yes, I have the rights. They claim, the Islamic regime claim that you have the rights to work. But when it come to, comes to the equality, we don't have that equality or gender equality that has um, been here for a while. We don't have such things. And then if you're going to go with work within the government um, sector, then you have to follow a particular regulations in terms of your hijab or even for men, men are not allowed to wear like short sleeves if they want to work for the government sector. So a lot of regulation around of it is playing up and also within inside of the country, if you don't have the connection somehow within the government, at some certain points become so um, difficult for you to work if, as educated person or highly educated. As you can see recently, through of the different number of university around the Iran, protests happen. So many of the tutor and lecturer and professors start to resign and then been threatened or been taken away. And doesn't matter if you're a GP or if you're an engineer. If you go against of them, then it's end of it. So that's the main reason that so many of people who are coming to street these days, they are the new generation as they can't see the, uh, the hope for the future. And they say we don't have any farther, we don't have anything farther to lose. So that's bring them the courage. So what you're describing is the life of ordinary citizens, range of people from, you know, including professionals and so on. Um, what about uh, minorities? Because there are many different minority groups in Iran and I understand they are under even more extreme pressure. Yeah, in terms of the minority, let's uh, talk a, a little bit about the human rights. Human rights are moral principles that describe standards of the human behavior and are often protected by local or international law. Everyone born in this world has human rights that must be protected by the law. The United Nations listed 30 basic human rights recognized around the world by the Universal Declaration of the Human Rights signed in Paris in 1948. And let's talk about the particular minority group, the Baluch people who lives in southeast of Iran in a state called Sistan and Baluchistan. These people perhaps has the most unfortunate places on the this planet because they are called Baluch and it's these people are numerous minority in Iran and um, 
these people are very hardworking people, but besides of that, they've been oppressed all the time. Not all, even during the Islamic regime, even during the kingdom of the Shah. So are those regions uh, wealthy regions or um, not, you know, what is the lifestyle like for the Baluch people? Well, um, let's, if we go to the old Persia, the old Baluchistan being a neighbor of the old Persia, and they always lived in the peace with the old Persia. And the old Baluchistan is full of um, resources, natural resources like gas, like different type of mines, gold. And it's not only that, also we have a lot of um, resources around of the sea. And because the Oman, um, the Oman Sea is connected to the, uh, strategically connected to the oceans, it's a gateway to, uh, for, to go to the other countries and trades. So strategically around of the geographical place, um, Baluchistan is very important in terms of the wealth it has. But the reason it's been then over a few years been divided between three countries in Pakistan, Afghanistan and Iran, then Iran, Baluch in Iran has the lowest power and they become one of the most um, oppressed communities. And so what's happened to them during this revolutionary or this pro period of protest? Well, um, Let's give a little background about the Baluch people. They are very, these people in terms of the, um, they are very kind, honest, loyal, brave and honorable, but they are very poor and at the same time they have a golden heart. Even let's say if you go to their place, they don't have anything, they have a piece of bread, they're going to share it with you. And in terms of the basic human rights, as I mentioned earlier, for the last 50 years these people didn't have any rights as a human being and then uh, they not, haven't been treated equally or faced many different type of discriminations. They been at um, over of these last 50 years, they already been arrested, detained, exiled or killed using false accusation. And the most striking evidence that has occurred during this uh, protest is, was 30th of September in the city of Zahedan in Baluchistan that more than 100 people were shot in head and heart and more than 300 been injured. And for then again, for two weeks, none of, I couldn't see that any of the news, international news even. Mm. So it was a major massacre and yeah. it's been ignored. And it's become like very normalized. But to me sounds it's it's been and Somehow, Baluch genocide, they did and it. What and what was the trigger for that? The main trigger, it some they somehow they wanted to link it to the mass I mean but the main uh, trigger it wasn't that it was a month before this happened even within the case of the massa a girl has been raped in Konarak of Chabahar then the uh, mosque um, leader of the Konarak it raised this issue number of times they went to the, with the family to the police station to report and this rape has been occurred through of one of the police officers so they keep ignoring the family and then it's going to go um, publicly they announce it that if it's going to go by this way and you don't punish this person we're going to do it ourselves so then they start to protest within the Chabahar and Konarag and then on the 30th of September even they just announced it that we're going to do the protest after the prayers. 
somehow even the prayer uh, still was praying and they didn't finish yet they start to shoot the people inside of the mosque from the outside in their heads that was the point that more than 100 people being killed three more than 300 i believe been injured and then the other things is that that we just has these numbers because over 35% of the Baluch population in Baluchistan of Iran, they don't have identity. When I say they don't have identity because they don't hold a birth certificate. And if you don't have a birth certificate as a person, so you, they, you don't have identity. And if you don't have identity, you can't work, you can't go to school, you can't be educated, you can't do anything. Almost and you're not counted in the census, I yeah. imagine. Mm. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying it, it's been reported around 96 people, but I believe it's more than that more than 100 people from my understanding and from true of the roots we have within the uh, cities. Yeah, well, this, uh, a, a lot of um, things are coming out uh, now um, because the Iranian government uh, shut down the internet. Yeah. Um, the uh, um, Australian government has uh, uh, condemned all of these... Well, what they know of uh, human rights violations. Uh, Foreign Minister Penny Wong uh, released a joint statement calling on Iran to immediately establish a moratorium to halt all executions and end the brutal and humane punishment. Um, even though the Australian government is continuing to engage with Iran um, and will keep its embassy in Tehran open um, and push for the nuclear deal as well, uh, how do you think Australians uh, on a federal and an individual level can help? Well, at the individual levels, um, all I can ask all the Australians who can hear me, please come to our protest on every Saturday between 5 to 7 o'clock, which will be on the King George Square. So you just come over there, be your voice, uh, hear us and uh, support us in this type of the protest when it's going uh, publicly. And then besides of that, there is a number of petitions going on to be signed by the Iranian citizens who are citizens by the Australia as well. Like they have a dual citizenship. So they are doing a number of the um, uh, petitions that to be signed. It will be great if the Australians, like Australian Australians gonna be involved with that as well. And besides of that, um, the other things that it's my mind as a person is coming just a stride um, in terms of the government or federal government things. Um, I think they should um, cut out all their relationship with the Islamic regime, no matter what, because somehow this type of relationship empowers them again to be against of their own people and they have the older rights to do it. And I know that number of the um, things going on within this country that they said, oh, we're going to support you. But how are you going to support us when the regimes, the family members, they come here, they've been educated, they live here. So why don't you deport them? Why don't you close their bank accounts? For example, when a student wants to come to Australia under the student visa with under their own fund, still you have to go through of a very long process to show that 
how you've been like um, you have money and how you convert that money and you bring it in here and making sure that your money or your bank account is not affiliated with a particular group or even if you want to t- trade uh, you can't transfer directly money from Iran Islam from Iran to Australia because Iran is being sanctioned for the number of the bank account but if you when you look really closer you we see that the family members or the child of the those who are related to the regime it's very easy for them because they find the third party but for normal people it's become so difficult so if a sit a person who comes to this country for any reason from Iran as a student as a worker and at the beginning they face so many challenges why then the people like the regime's family members they don't have that challenges so they should be deported they should go back to Iran they should cut out all the relationship whatever somehow is related to the regimes and if people listening to us today would like to know more follow up on what they've heard what sort of where can they go for more information there is a facebook page um i can share with you guys that they can go for further information but mainly they are in farsi but then there is number of groups has been um like created within a particular app called telegram that people communicate particularly the persian communicated through of the that groups they won't talk um, much on the facebook because they still they're afraid and they have a fear because they, if they've got a mem- f- family member back home so they are fear that they might going to put them on danger so that's the main point so but if you come to every uh, saturday between 5 to 7 uh, opposite of the casino in uh, king george um, square you will find a particular group or a small group then you can share your idea you can be their voice you can talk with them um, and then support them and so that's the square between the casino and the brisbane city library yeah at yeah. the end of queen street yeah yep Okay, great. Uh, fantastic uh, to have you in here talking to us, Benuk. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, you also brought us another song uh, that you would like to play. Yes, but one thing uh, before I play that song, so very quickly, just um, one thing I want to say is as being a Baluch woman and uh, particularly from that minority, always a Baluch woman has been um, oppressed and suppressed not only by the government, by Baluchian culture, as I mentioned earlier, evidence of the how the Baluch woman being raped number of times. So the family wants to be overprotective. So they're trying to bring more regulation around of the community and the cultures of the Baluch for the women to protect them. But that is making us, um, that making so challenging for us as a woman as well. So it's not only the Islamic regime, also the cultural thing make us to be oppressed and uh, suppressed and being pushed aside. So, and then these songs that I'm gonna play for you guys, it's from Shabir Sayad. He's a Baluch singer. Who then this, uh, he sing this particular song for the Belushian nations. So um, listen to it and enjoy it. <laughs> Yak <laughs> 
बचकन तो Center supports and empowers more than 3,000 people seeking asylum and refugees each year. As one of the largest independent human rights organizations in Australia, the Asylum Seeker Resource Center delivers more services on the ground as well as more free hours of support to where it's needed most here in Australia. A donation of just $20 to the Asylum Seeker Resource Center provides two weeks of food for a refugee family. That's two weeks safe from hunger. Please support us with your tax-deductible donation at asrc.org.au or call 1300-MY-ASRC. After all, freedom and safety are two of the most important values shared by all humans. 